You are listening to a podcast from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries. For more information about our church, please visit us at rmcmchurch.org. We are going to continue talking about faith and grace today. We've been on this for several weeks, which is kind of the way we do it around here. And uh, we're talking about the way that uh, we started in Romans chapter 5, verse 2. We're not going to look at that verse today. We've looked at it about five or six times, uh, dug a lot out of it. We're talking about that verse tells us that um, we, we stand in grace because of what Jesus did, and we access that grace by faith. Faith plugs in to grace and draws what is given to us freely. And so we've discussed that real thoroughly. You can go to our website and find all those messages if you like. Um, so I'm, we're going to look at a biblical example of all that today. And I just want to go through this. I've got a couple things to add here. But for those of you who are here for the first time or joining us online for the first time, we've just made a lot of these statements and we've unpacked them in, in previous um, previous messages. Everything we ever receive from God is given by grace and received through faith. We talked last week in particular about the way that grace is the supply and faith is the connection to that supply. Uh, we used a number of examples about that. Faith draws upon, I'm just going to read down through some of these. Faith draws upon the provision that is held for us in the unseen spiritual realm, and it brings that provision into the visible realm. Faith all of that, everything that God has for us is given through grace. It means it's unmerited, it's free, it's a blessing from God. And we connect and we make a draw upon that um, by faith. All right. We talked about the fact from Romans ten seventeen that faith comes to us. I want to add a couple of things that are going to be important for what we're going to look at today in another place. Faith comes to us, the Bible says, through hearing the word of God. And there were, there were a number of components to that that we talked about, and I would really encourage you to go back and get those messages. But the, the scripture tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we talked about that word or that phrase comes by uh, quite a bit. And we talked about the fact that that phrase, it, it's a little Greek term that speaks of one thing being carried by another thing. And the idea was that as we're in this conversation with God, as we're living in a conversation with God, that faith is delivered to us. Faith actually comes within that process of hearing what God is saying. And I just wanted to expand upon, upon that word hearing just a little bit um, this morning, because again, this is this is going to be important for the example we're going to look at. That term hearing, it, it does mean to hear. It means the, the process of hearing. It means the ability to hear. But it also refers to the thing that we're, we're hearing. And it has this connotation. When we read it in our Bibles, when Jesus said, uh, if you have ears to hear, right? Person that has ears to hear, let him hear. The idea was there, yeah, we can hear the physical sound, but all of us know we can hear physical sounds and not pay any attention to them. We can even hear another person's voice and not hear what they said, right? Has anyone had this experience on one end or the other 
of that. Anybody married? Okay. One end or the other of that. We, even with the best of intentions, we can hear, we can, you know, somebody can be speaking to us, we're distracted, whatever. We don't hear. And that's what Jesus is talking about there. If you have ears to hear, if you have the capacity to hear, you have the ability to hear, then hear what I'm saying, all right? And that, that word in the Greek, it includes the idea of accepting, acknowledging, and attending to what you hear, okay? Acknowledging. When, we, when, we, when somebody's speaking to us and we look at them and give them our attention, we're acknowledging them. There's a, there's a connection made there. There's a, there's a giving of respect to that person. And many of us, we've had that experience. And, you know, I think we need to be careful with this because all, all of us have had times where somebody was, said something important to us and we missed it. We didn't get it. Uh, but the, what we feel... Many times when that happens, when we've tried to communicate with somebody and they didn't pay any attention to it, we feel disrespected, right? This is a huge thing in, in marriages. This is a huge thing in friendships. It's a huge thing anywhere. When somebody doesn't pay any attention to what you're saying, you feel disrespected. Now, we don't have to get, it's our choice whether we get offended over that or not, okay? That's our choice, just because even if you are disrespected, you don't have to become offended over that. That's a different teaching. But at any rate, we don't have to live offended lives. It's very popular today to live lives in continual offense. And I'm not going there. I don't have to live there. Not going to do it. Okay? It offends me that, that the society wants us to live in. Now, so it includes the idea of accepting what is said. When we see something in the Word of God or the Holy Spirit is impressing something upon us, it's up to us to accept what is said, to acknowledge what is said. You can hear what God is saying and not accept it. You know, I, I mean, we can do that with other people. We can, and sometimes you need to hear something and not accept it. But if it's God's Word, we need to accept it. It's part of hearing is that we're accepting, acknowledge, and attending to what is heard. Attending to refers to when, while I'm hearing, while I'm reading my Bible and the Holy Spirit's bringing something alive, when I'm hearing teaching, when I'm uh, wherever it is, when I'm in a conversation with somebody who knows the Lord and they're speaking in line with the Word of God, am I listening to what's being said with the intention of follow through. And that's important in this. If we, if we want faith to be released in our heart, there's this attitude. And this is where we talk a lot about, I think we've used this phrase a few times this morning. We talk about leaning in to what God is saying, to what God has said, to what leaning in to worship, whether we feel like it, whether our emotion, we have emotional support or not, we lean in because we know it's what, who God has called us to be. We know it's vital. We know there is treasure there. All right, we lean in to various things. That's the idea in this word. In the Old Testament, um, Proverbs chapter four, uh, and, the, and the word that they use there about it, God says to us, attend to my words. It's literally a picture, because Hebrew is a picture language. It's a picture of, of an animal with their ears pricked up, you know? Any of you that have dogs, 
and you give them treats, you know exactly what this looks like. They give their full attention. I, you know, we should be coming to, when the Lord is speaking to us, we should come to it and drool a little bit. You know, we, sh- we, should, be, we should be focused to the point that we're drooling a little bit. God, I want what you're saying. I know that'll stick with you today. All right, so, so we hear with the intention of ingesting, conforming to, and we can trust the Holy Spirit to do a lot of that work, conforming to or obeying what is said. That's what the Bible means when it says hearing. So when it says faith comes by hearing, it's not just, oh, yeah, I heard that go by. Or even, gosh, we can memorize, and memorizing scripture is a good thing, but we can memorize the scripture all day and never uh, ingest it, bring it inside, allow it to do its work to change us in our hearts. It's possible for us to do, which is kind of amazing to me because that word's powerful enough to create everything (laughs) that we see. And yet God gave us the freedom to choose how we're going to receive, respond to the word that he speaks. One other, one other aspect of this word hearing, it does refer to what is heard. So it, it refers to hearing a message, a doctrine, a report, even a rumor or a teaching, but a rumor which uh, somebody's testimony, I guess, could be a rumor. <laughs> it's, it's something we weren't there. But when the word of God comes forth, um, you know, we read in the Gospels where it'll say the rumor of Jesus. In other words, gossip essentially about Jesus was going forth. You know, they didn't have the internet. They didn't have, thank goodness, no internet, no news. This sounds like heaven on earth, doesn't it? No telephones. So, So it was just word of mouth going forth. And they'd hear these things. They weren't there. They might not even know the people that a miracle happened to, but they heard the report of what happened. There was faith, remember, in, in hearing that word, that Greek word, ek, it comes by faith, comes by. It, it is contained within hearing a report, a message, a scripture, whatever it might be. It's contained within that process of hearing And so what I want to say today, just as a practical side aside, and then we'll uh, go into our our next, what I want to get to today. A lot of times, you know, uh, we we talk about these things and there are always people that feel like they can't hear from God. My foundational belief is because Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, period. He didn't say my sheep might hear my voice. Some of my sheep hear my voice. He said, my sheep hear my voice. So I believe we are given the ability to recognize God's voice. And it takes us a while. Many of us, we grow up. We don't grow up listening to God. I hope some of your kids are growing up listening to God. I didn't grow up listening to God. And yet when I began to realize that that was available and began to pay attention, then it it takes a little practice. It takes a little while to realize, oh, wow, that was that was God that told me that. You know, and I need to listen to that voice. Or I thought that was God turned out totally not to be God. So don't listen to that voice again, okay? 
Uh, I heard somebody, a preacher recently said, you're crazy if you don't listen to voices, if you don't hear voices. Anyway, uh, and you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself too. So anyway, um, it's, it's, it's something that we learn certainly as we grow spiritually, but it's good for us to agree with God, agree with Jesus and say, you know what, Lord, I'm your sheep. I can hear your voice. I, I can. Teach me. You know, I, I don't feel like I'm very good at it right now, but I have the ability. It's good to start, start there. Okay, but um, we learn to trust and obey what we're hearing. The, the best place to learn that is when it's not something you're trying to hear over the biggest catastrophe in your life. It's something that, in other words, in the calm times, the quiet times or the quiet areas, Maybe one area of your life is on fire, as Andy said, but there might be another area. Try to learn in those places, in the less important places, to hear from the Lord and walk in that conversation with the Lord. Because then our emotions aren't so stirred up and that kind of thing. And then when you come to a really hard time, you'll already be engaged with how to hear from him. It'll be easier for you. And of course, we've done studies on all of that in the past. We're not going to go there today. But just as here's, we had a, uh, an example the other day. And of course, I've been doing this for a long time. I still miss it, of course. And uh, we were out cutting wood on Labor Day. It was our last load of wood we were going to cut. I didn't want to be there in the first place, kind of over cutting wood. We burn a lot of wood, pretty sick of it. Uh, I had a good time with it this year. But for whatever reason, that Monday, I didn't want to be there. So we get up there and fired up the saw. And and um, actually, as I was getting the saw out, the thought passed through to check the fuel. I didn't need to because I always fill both the fuel and the bar oil when I'm done cutting so it's ready to go the next time. I always do that. Always. Everybody have some of those always times that don't aren't always, always. So I started cutting cut for a little while, uh, stove start, or the stove, the um, saw. saw, thank you. And who was an S word, but there's so many of them. Um, anyway, the saw started acting a little funky, and then, and uh, anyway, I'm still getting this saw tuned. I haven't had it a long time, so I'm still messing with the carburetor. So came out of a piece of wood, it died, which it's done that some. I figured it needed to be a little richer on the low end. And and so anyway, the thing died, couldn't get it started, couldn't get it started, couldn't get it started. I'm getting really frustrated. I mean, it runs great. It always starts on the first pull. Couldn't get it started. Figured this saw kind of has a tendency to flood itself. And, and so I thought, oh, it got flooded, you know. And geez, I didn't do anything to flood it. Why would it get flooded? Took it over, got out my tools, started taking the spark plug out so I could dry it off and, you know, get the gas out of it. And the thought came through again. Um, did you check the fuel? I don't need to check the fuel. I check the fuel at the end of the day. I don't, there's no reason to check the fuel, you know? So, uh, so then I'm burning my fingers, getting this spark plug out and I'm getting madder and madder and, you know, and if I'd put my gloves on, it's so I wouldn't burn my fingers, it's too tight in there and I can't get the spark plug out. So, so I'm getting a little frustrated at the whole thing. Finally get that spark plug out, it's dry as a bone, you know? And if it was flooded, it'd be covered with gas totally dry. And I don't know if you've ever ever had this. I've had this a number of times where God has told me something and I've ignored it. And there's a 
a discernible silence after that. It's, it's like, I'm not going to tell you again. I told you already. And I felt that right then. I felt the... And, and so it was like, oh, I know I put fuel in it, but it's going to be the fuel. And so I put the fight, burned fingers, put the spark plug back in, get it all t- I knew then, I knew that was the Lord. How unimportant is this? And yet I know the Lord spoke to me to prevent the burning of the fingers and the frustration and all that. Didn't listen, didn't pay attention, didn't recognize it, just thought it was me, which we do a lot. Put everything back in. I knew by then. It's like, no, it's going to be out of fuel. I must have forgotten to do it last time. I always do it, but I must have forgot. Opened it up. Yeah, it's out of fuel. Dead dry. Put fuel in it. First pull, you know, and off we go. So my point in telling you all of that is that God will speak to us about really unimportant things. And those are places to learn his voice. Then when there's something important, we're much more likely to recognize it. So it's just, just one of those things. I've had him talk to me about things less important than that. And I think that's, you know, I think, oh, does God care? Yeah. It says he cares about what concerns you. He cares about, do you care about the little things in your children's lives or your grandchildren's lives? Do you care? You know, do you care about the little things that are hard for them? Yeah, you do. You do. God is a father. He's the same way. So, so in all of this about building faith and hearing, hearing God, remember that a lot of times, you know, it, it's good to practice hearing from the Lord. Ask him, speak to me today, Lord, and help me to recognize your voice. It doesn't have to be about a crisis. Okay, so we said that faith will rise and fall depending on who and what we're hearing. You're going to have faith in something depending on what you're hearing. If you, you know, if you listen to all the negative that's out there all day long, I'm not saying being ignorant, but if you're out there listening and ingesting all of that, then you, the, the, um, the anger and the frustration and the offense and the stuff that's carried within those words you're listening to is going to get inside of you. You're not impervious to it. If, if you're listening and you're feeding on what the Lord is doing, you're going to have peace. You're going to have strength. You're going to have wisdom. You're going to have those things. Faith, your, your trust. If you're, you can intentionally and should intentionally build your trust in God by listening to his word on a, for a specific thing. If you're believing God for healing, Spend time in the healing scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit build that in you. If you're needing greater peace in your life, look at what Jesus said about giving us peace. Dig into the scriptures. That as, as the Holy Spirit works with the scripture in our life, faith is delivered to us. So it, it rises and falls. It's not automatic. Uh, it's not static. A lot of people think faith is just sort of this static thing. It's really not. So let's look. Let's go over to Mark chapter 5. And I'm going to read... A lot more here than I just put a couple snippets on the screen there for you. But let's go over to Mark chapter 5 and let's look at a really good example of somebody. And remember, um, I'm going to, let's see, I think I'm going to start out. Yeah, I'll probably start in about verse 24, 25 right in there. Remember that all this occurred before Jesus went to the cross. The people we're going to look at in the scripture today, they were not born again. 
They didn't have the Spirit of God living in them the way that you do. We have a much greater advantage and access than they did. This is all before Jesus went to the cross, before the Holy Spirit was poured out, and yet these same principles were at work. So the setup for the story, you can read earlier in the chapter, Jairus, one of the synagogue rulers, comes and, and tells Jesus, can you come and heal my daughter? My His daughter's really sick. Uh, she's at the at death's door, essentially. And um, so he comes and gets Jesus, and it says that Jesus went with him. So there's, and a bunch of people followed him. And so there's this whole crowd of people moving along with Jesus as he goes specifically to heal this young girl. And, and I think all of these people know what's going on, or, or if they don't, they know that the crowd is moving, okay, but they're following Jesus, and they're in anticipation of something Jesus is going to do. And an interesting, again, just sort of a sidebar about this is all those people, except for this one woman, they missed out on, on the fact that they could draw something from Jesus then, that they're, they're all going to watch a miracle happen to somebody else, but they, they completely missed out on what he carried at the moment. And this one woman uh, came along and, and uh, put a draw on that. So here in uh, verse 24 of Mark chapter 5, it says, And Jesus went with him, went with Jairus, and a great crowd, I'm reading from the Amplified, kept following him and pressed him from all sides so as to almost suffocate him. And there was a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years and who had endured much suffering under the hands of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but instead grew worse. And notice this, notice this, verse 27, she had heard the reports concerning Jesus. All right, so what did we just talk about? Part of the, the, the place where faith comes into our life, it can be hearing a report about Jesus. She didn't have firsthand knowledge of Jesus, but she'd heard the reports. And she came up behind him in the throng and touched his garment. For she kept saying, some of your translations right there says she thought. She thought, but the Greek says this was a thought that had gone over and over and over and over in her, and she had been verbalizing it. She had been speaking it, and she had been saying it over and over. And they amplified many of the translations bring that out. She kept saying, if I only touch his garments, I shall be restored to health. And immediately her flow of blood was dried up at the source, and suddenly she felt in her body that she was healed of her distressing ailment. And Jesus, recognizing in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around immediately in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples kept saying to him, You see the crowd pressing hard around you from all sides, and you ask, Who touched me? And still he kept looking around to see her who had done it. I want you to notice that verse 2, verse 32. But the woman, knowing... What had been done to her, though alarmed and frightened and trembling, fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith, your trust and confidence in me, springing from faith in God, has restored you to health. 
Go in peace and be continually healed and freed from your distressing bodily disease. So let's go back and break this down a little bit. So again, here's this whole crowd going going forth and and they were you know, I, I don't know where they were, but maybe they were maybe they were distracted just by the chaos, by the other people. It was kind of a I think they're in a lot of these situations in the gospel, what I see, and I could be wrong, is is sort of a celebrity mentality we're following Jesus but it, but they weren't drawing on Jesus they were following to watch and see what he did and you you can kind of tell that because when he get when he goes to the cross well when he says if you're going to be my disciple you need to eat my flesh and drink my blood whole bunch of them left Jesus didn't didn't uh cater to those kinds of attitudes that, oh, let's just build the, the biggest crowd. It wasn't where he was. He knew that he, he wanted followers. He wanted disciples. He wanted people who were uh, um, apprenticing with him and were really engaged with him and what he was saying. Those were the people who were going to release the, his kingdom through the whole earth. And so at several points, uh, he seemingly purposely said things that were so hard for people to get. You'd have to say, okay, uh, like the disciples, you know what? You have the words of life. Where are we supposed to go? So, so they they didn't leave just because Jesus said something they didn't understand or didn't like. Okay, you get toward the cross, more people left. You come, you come after Jesus is raised from the dead. Uh, Five hundred people are together uh, following him, and there's only by the time the Holy Spirit's poured out, fifty days later, there's 120 in that room all the rest had had left so so whatever was going on here they were following him they were walking with him but but they were missing something they were pressing against him on every side yet only one person withdrew something from him okay there are lots of examples in the scripture of people being in the very presence of god but not recognizing it not knowing that that's where they were Okay, um, let me just give you this statement. This is just something the Lord was speaking to me a few weeks ago as I was thinking through this. If you don't know that you have something or that you have access to something, all right, if you don't know that you have access to something, the result is the same as if it didn't exist. Because it's there, but you're not putting a draw on it. Same is true of the grace of God and what he has poured out to us. It's all there. Lord, all the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. But it, it, the Lord, and this is just part of freedom. He has left it up to us. Not that he doesn't do his part in this. He very much does. But he has left it up to us to seek him. If we want to know him, to press in, to pursue, to lean in to him. And then he more than fulfills his end of that relationship. All right. So it says here what that she kept saying this over and over and over and over. If I only touch the hem of his garment or the fringe of his garment, if I only touch that, I'll be healed. My question was, where did she get that? Because we don't have a record of a bunch of garment touching 
you know, with Jesus. We don't have, that was a known thing, you know, that if you just touched his clothes, he'd be healed. No, that was something God gave to that woman. As she was hearing these reports and she was, and faith was building in her heart. And here's this man going around. Not only does he have the ability to do these miracles, but he's, he's giving away healing to people. He's giving away deliverance. He's casting demons out of people. She's hearing these reports and something is growing on the inside of her. And it takes this shape in her. And I, I just believe that was a personal word from God to her. And he'll do that. He gave her what we used to call a point of contact. And a lot of times, um, a lot of times when we're trusting the Lord for something, he'll either bring a, a verse up and just birth it in your heart, and and that is the verse that where where the faith that he's delivering to you for whatever this is, it's in that verse. And so we need to pay attention to that, take hold of that verse, chew on it, meditate on it, roll it around the inside of us, put it up, you know, in our house, put it up wherever, and put a reminder on your phone that six times a day this verse comes up again. Do whatever we need to do to feed on that verse. Or sometimes like this, for her, it, it wasn't, I mean, as far as I know, all we have record of, it wasn't a verse of scripture, but it was, if you touch the hem of his garment, which required her to go out in public and risk death because she had this issue of blood. She couldn't be out in public. It required her to take some risk. It required her to press through a crowd. It required a lot of guts and a lot of bravery for her to go and touch. And and for whatever reason, that was what the Lord needed, what the Father needed to be able to deliver the miracle that he wanted to deliver to her. But she got this word, if I touch the hem of his garment. And what did she do with it? It says she kept saying it over and over and over and over. She was consumed with that word from the Lord. And that's, I think, an area where we, you know, we fall down a lot of times is the Lord gives us something like that. But again, we, we don't adhere to it. We don't take hold of it. Like we were talking about with hearing, you know, it's, we're, we're not acknowledging it. We're not hearing it with the, with the, plan of following through on Lord, what do I do with this word? We're, we're not taking it to that level, but, but she did. All right. And a lot of times the Lord will give us something. And I just encourage you today, if, if you get something like that from the Lord, hang on to it, make, make a really big deal about it. But it says she heard the reports concerning Jesus. We just talked about this. Faith comes by hearing a message, a report, a rumor, a testimony. All right. I believe she was convinced in her heart it was God's will for her to be healed. And it was because what she was hearing, hearing the reports about Jesus and then allowing that to work in her heart. Now, now get this, this, this term touched the fringe. Actually, this is this word touched is used two places in this story when it says she, she was going to touch the fringe of his garment and then later Jesus says, who touched me? That word touched in the Greek, it means to connect with something. It doesn't mean to just bump into or, you know, accidentally touch. It's, it's a very intentional, it's to connect with something. And this word was usually used, get this, of handling an object with the expectation either 
that I'm going to handle this object, I'm going to exert influence on it, or I'm going to handle this object so that it exerts influence on me. The only, uh, I'm sure there are a million of them, the only example I could think of is that, is when it's, when it's cold outside and our hands get cold, we'll go and, you know, we'll hold on to a cup of coffee or, you know, something, something warm. We'll touch that to draw the heat out of it so that we, our life will be influenced by what is contained in that place. That makes sense to you. That's what this, that's what this word means. So she touched his garment with the intent of drawing upon his power. It wasn't an accident. She wasn't surprised. She already had in her heart that if I touch his garment, I will be healed. She had that working in her heart. And she went up and she did it. And she, and she drew, she drew something out of it. It wasn't that she bumped into Jesus. It wasn't that she got knocked into Jesus. It wasn't that she was just walking beside Jesus. She was intentional upon drawing. And notice, Jesus wasn't mad at her. She even thought Jesus was going to be mad at her for doing that. Plus, she's out here in public. She's going to have to confess when he said, who touched me? And the disciples are like, everybody's touching you. And then he says, no, no, who touched me? Uh, you know, I know that something was withdrawn from me. The power I'm carrying was withdrawn from me. Who was it? He wasn't mad. He wanted to know who was that? What happened? And, and for her to have to then come up, I'm sure the crowd, I would imagine, you know, stopped and got stilled. And this is a total sidebar, but I've always thought about what Jairus was feeling as all of this went on because he needed to get him to his daughter so his daughter wouldn't die and his daughter did die while this lady was interfering with his miracle. And then Jesus went and raised her from the dead. So, you know, so that all worked out good. But you can imagine when this stuff's going on, there's all kinds of things going on in this crowd. But I would assume it got pretty quiet anyway, you know, at least around him. And this woman came forward and had to confess what she'd, you know, what she'd done. But, but she, you know, we see throughout the scripture that faith motivates action. There are accompanying actions that go with faith. When God builds faith in our heart, it motivates us to do something. Again, I just encourage you to read through Hebrews chapter 11. I love reading it from the Amplified Bible. And it over and over and over said, this, this person did this because of faith. This person did that, motivated by faith. Spurned on, spurred, not spurned on, spurred on. That happened too, but spurred on by faith. You know, that's when, when faith rises in our heart, it motivates us. And it motivated this woman to touch, to connect and expect something to come to her. And, and this is, you know, the other side of that is what we just did. A little while ago, the Lord moved us to lay hands on people that were having sinus issues. Okay, so, so our heart in that place is, I can't heal them, but Jesus can and Jesus wants to. And so I'm putting my hands on them so that his influence will influence them. All right, and this is the way, this is the way God's designed it to work. Okay, so, you know, it says that she was thinking this. Her, we call it self-talk these days. 
what was going around in her heart was a manifestation of what had come out of those reports she heard from Jesus. Instead of saying, I'm sick, I'm pitiful, I've been this way for 12 years, it's never gonna change, everyone should feel sorry for me, uh, you know, on and on and on, instead of saying that, instead of saying, I just need to learn to cope with this, I just gotta figure out, no, instead of that, hearing about Jesus built something in her that said, if I just connect with the fringe of his garment, I don't need him to stop and lay hands on me. I don't need a special word from him. I don't know why I know this. I'm speculating here. I don't know why I know this, but I know it in my heart. And she'd said it. We don't know how long, but the scripture, the way it's written, she said it and said it and said it and said it. Bill Johnson says, you know, your mind is renewed when the impossible looks logical. When the impossible I've, been, I've had this sickness for 12 years, but now I know. If I, if I can grab hold of this, then this thing will be turned around. Oh, it's already after 11. Too bad. Um, we're just about done. All right. So Jesus sensed that that virtue, that miracle working power had gone out of him. And then, yeah, we'll just wrap this up with this. In verse 32, it says, this is interesting to me. You still with me? couple more minutes. Verse 32, Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Now, that's, uh, he kept looking around. Most translations put it this way. I think it's right. He kept looking around to see her who had done it. Her who had done it. She did it. I mean, this jogs our brains, but he didn't do it. It was his life and his, obviously, his healing power that healed her. But he looked around to see her who had done it. She's the one that decided to connect with him. And and she withdrew. She made a withdrawal from what he was carrying. And then he says to her, you know, she comes up. She was afraid. She'd obviously just had this great experience and this, and she had faith going in her heart. Yet she was still, she was scared, you know, because of all the other stuff going on. Those two things can happen at the same time. He says to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be freed from your suffering. Be healed and freed from your suffering. Many translations, uh, the, the connotation there is he made that healing permanent. What she had experienced with what he said then. So that was his attitude to someone by faith connecting to what he had and drawing upon it. He loved it. He absolutely loved it and even increased it. He turned around and said, go in peace. She didn't even ask for peace. Go in peace and be permanently healed from this problem. God is just good. And he really is. I know it's a cliche, but he's better than we think. He just is. All right, did you get anything out of this today? All right, let's stand up and pray together. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Lord, you are so good. You are so amazingly good. And Lord, you've created this whole process and system that we've been talking about now for weeks, Lord, so that we can connect with you and and receive what you have, what you've made available through the blood of Jesus. And Lord, I, I thank you so much, Father, that you have invited us to become your children. You have invited us through through simple faith through trusting that Jesus died for my sins and was raised to life.
and I, and I can put my trust in you as Savior and give my life to you as Lord. And a person can be born again and a person can be filled with the Holy Spirit and a person can live the rest of their lives as your child. And Lord, every one of us, there's so much more of you to know. There's so much more of you to experience. And Father, our prayer this morning for those around us, other people that we're ministering to, all the people out on live stream, is that Lord, everyone make that decision to know you as Lord and as Savior, confess you as Lord, receive you into their lives, and that every one of us from that point on just continue to love on you and grow in you and recognize what you're doing in us and generously hand out, share who you are with the world around us. And so, Lord, as we go out this week, we go out into this community, other communities, we know we go out as as carriers of that love letter from you to the world. We go out, Lord, to share that joy, that peace, that life that we talked about this morning. Father, we thank you for all of this today and for causing this word to become ours in our hearts. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be dismissed this morning. If anybody needs personal prayer, I'd love to pray for you after service. And then those of you who are involved in children's ministry or want to be involved, come back in in about 15 minutes and we will meet together and strengthen one another in that. Okay? Let's say it on the count of three. One, two, three. Whoops. Jesus is Lord over the Gunnison Basin and the world. Amen. Only been doing that 40 years or so. I'll get it right eventually. Thank you for listening to this message from Rocky Mountain Christian Ministries in Gunnison, Colorado. We hope you will visit us at rmcmchurch.org, like our Facebook page, or subscribe to our messages on YouTube.